bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. The Father and His Household This seven-part series will help you appreciate the various stages of the relationship between God and man and empower you to fully partake of God's divine nature through Christ. Humans change. Civilizations change. Knowledge changes. Wisdom changes. Experience change. God does not change. Get your copies of The Father and His Household by Pastor Mesa Otterwell. Available in seven-part audio series. Contact Alter Bookshop, Christ Temple, now on 233-302-688-000. And now, today's word. So the first relationship that God had with man was a father and child relationship. So on that basis, God related to Adam as a father would relate to his children. He has brought children to the home. He has to treat them like children. You can't bring children to the home and treat them like servants. You can't bring children to the home and treat them like you don't know them. If they are your children, you're going to have to reveal yourself to them. You're going to have to teach them more about yourself. You have to spend time with them. You have to fellowship with them. You have to help them to function as children. The workers, you don't need to do that to them. But the children... You invest more of yourself too. So if you look at the first things that God did for Adam, the first things, they are things that a father would do to his child. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. From verse 8 to 22. I want to read the whole passage because... I I want you to get the whole picture. I want you to see what a father is doing to his son. You want to see the relationship. Because remember, it's a father and his household and the people in his household. He has brought a son home. Now let's see how he treats the son in the house. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 to 22. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Food for who? Not for the Lord God, but for the man. Is that not so? All right. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the land, the garden. And from there it parted and became four river heads. And the name of the first is Pishon. It is the one who scares the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. Who is going to use the gold? Not God. He's the one he has put in the garden. Verse 22, and the gold of that land is good, good gold. Delium and the onyx stone are there. And the name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hidakil. It is the one which goes toward the east of Assyria. The name of the fourth river 
is the Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bed of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept and took one of the ribs of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib with which the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Do you get the picture? This is a father who has brought a son into his life. When you bring a son into your life, he's your child, you have to provide for him. So you see in this passage, the father providing for the son. He gives him a home to live in. Not only a home, he gives him a beautiful environment to live in. And not only that, he gives him a sustainable world where everything is sustained because there is a river that flows, that sustains, there is supply. He's making sure that nothing dries up for his child. And not only that, he invests into the future of that child. He invests gold and onyx stone and wealth because he knows my son is going to grow one day. He's going to need something to work with. So he invests all of that. That's a father providing for his children. He gives the child freedom of choice, which is what you do to your child. Enjoy life. But then he also gives him responsibilities and tells him, listen, there are some choices that are bad for you and some that are good for you. And so let me just explain this to you. If you do these things, it will cost you a lot. So don't go this way. Don't go that way. Stay this way. Stay that way. We do that to our children. So this is a father talking to his children. He gives him work to do. Doesn't want his child to be lazy. So the Bible says he puts him in the garden and tells him, dress it and keep it. I've built it for you, but you must manage it. That's work. And every good parent does that for his child. He gives him work to do. And not only that, he also gives him responsibility to name the animals, the things he has created. He says, now you put, you, you name them. And he stands back and watches his son in action. And whatever the son says, he says, good boy, that's it. That's a good name. That's a good name. That's good. You are great. So he's showing pride in the achievement of his son. And not only that, he anticipates the needs of his son. He says, it's not good that this boy be alone. I, I need to bring him a sister. But this is not just going to be a sister. This is going to be a wife. I need to bring a girl to this boy. This boy needs a girl. <laughs> and he looks around and he says, I can't give him an elephant girl or a lion girl. These people don't marry lions and elephants and baboons. And they don't marry crocodiles. I can see Adam, Mrs. Adam is a crocodile. So let me now give my son a wife that he would love. So he goes into the man and pulls out the woman and brings him to the son and says, what do you think? Did I do, do good? 
And the son says, yeah, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He shall be called woman. What, the, what is the picture that the Bible is painting? A father providing for his child. And when you read, you get a, the impression that God talks to Adam. There is fellowship. There is relationship. They chat. They, they talk about stuff. And, and, and he's able to ask him, so what about that tree? It, do you think we should go there? He says, hey, 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 that's out of bounds. But this one, you can eat all you want. What is happening? It's a father and his child. If the picture had ended there, a beautiful picture of a father and his son and daughter and the children they will produce. That means that everybody that will come from that would not be a servant. They will be a child of the house. And each one of them will, are going to enjoy the same things that he's giving to Adam because he's showing them how he provides for his children. So right from Genesis chapter 2, we see how God provides for his children. That is the first relationship God has with man. A father and his children. But the story did not end there. I want you to go a little step from where we are and let's see what happens in Genesis chapter 3. I don't want to read the whole of Genesis chapter 3. You can take time and re read it. But you know what we call the fall. The temptation comes. Adam sins. Eve sins. Uh, God, they do what God says they shouldn't do. Now I want you to keep the picture of chapter 2. Verse 8 to 22. This God who is over generous. He's merciful. He's bountiful. He's supplying. He's, he's doing everything for the man. Then look at what happens in chapter 3 when something happened to the relationship. It changes. So, the Bible says, so he drove out the man and placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now you can't, sometimes you can't, look, is this the same God who is giving man all these things and sees he needs a wife, gives him a wife, he needs food, gives him a food. And the same person driving him out, has God become wicked? No, he's the same God, he's eternal, he's the same. The relationship is not based on God changing, it is man changing. Man has changed his status. He moves from a child and he becomes an outcast. Outcast. Everybody say outcast. What happens? He's driven from God's presence. An outcast is no longer in the house. He's driven from God's presence. He's denied access to God's blessing. And he becomes defenseless against the forces of nature. When he was in the household, he was covered from the forces of nature. What people like to call the acts of God. He's covered. The forces of nature do not fight him to destroy him. 
He doesn't have hurricanes blowing his stuff away. He doesn't have earthquakes swallowing him, him, his children. He doesn't have volcanoes burning him up. Because he is under the covering of the father in the household. But the moment he is taken from the household and he's cast out of the household, he's now exposed to the elements. It means that things are going to happen to him that did not happen to him in the household. But what changes the relationship is not God. We all know what changed the relationship was the sin of man. Is God still kind? Yes. Is he still loving? Yes. Is still see, he's still compassionate? Compassionate? Yes. Is he still a provider? Yes. But he's also a God of justice and a God of truth. And he has to honor his own word and his own rules. Now, if, if you were a judge, you love your child, you love him to pieces, and your child goes to murder someone, are you going to say, well, he's my child, so it doesn't matter? You still love him, but there is another part of you that is called justice that you must uphold. Because if you don't uphold that, you have denied yourself. God is a God of love, but he's also a God of justice. You know, that's why people can't see how a loving God can take people to hell. Now they say, oh, how can a loving God take people to hell? Well, I'll touch on that next week. But it's easy. A loving God can take people to hell. How can a loving God make people burn? We'll find out. But what I'm saying is that God is the same. We don't change him. But we change what we receive from him and how he relates to us based on how we position our relationship to him. If we are in the household as children where he originally placed us, we receive abundance. When we go out of the household, the rules change. What you receive changes. So man starts as a child and now he is an outcast. And next week I'm going to talk about the life of the outcast. What happens when you leave the household? Because God's intention is that we stay in his house as children. That was what he had for Adam. Provided for him. Gave him things he couldn't provide for himself. Gave him food. Gave him water. Gave him gold. Gave him resources. Gave him responsibility. Showed pride in his achievement. Saw, anticipated his need and provided for it. Gave him freedom of choice and movement. Servants don't have freedom of choice and movement. Servants always have to ask permission for every little thing they do. Children have far more freedom. It doesn't mean they can do everything, but they have far more freedom than servants. In the household of God, we are finding out today there are children and there are people who are not, no longer even in the house. They have now been sacked. They are outcasts. 
Now, if you are an outcast, it's the same God, but the rules will be different. When you set up alarm and burglar proof and buy a gun, you don't buy them for your children. <laughs> you buy them for outcasts who want to enter the house. And when you see them entering the house, you shoot them. So look at what God does. The Bible says he puts angels and says, you are out. And when you try to come in by force or by your own will, these angels would deal with you. So you are out. You don't choose how you enter any longer because you are out. There has to be a new invitation before you can come in. But at this time, man is an outcast. And next week, I'm going to talk about the life outside the household. It's not a good place. It's not a good place. But that's not how the story ends. When we end the story, it will be a very good story. It will be a great story. But it starts with a father, his household, and his relationship with people in the household. Amen. and his household. This seven-part series will help you appreciate the various stages of the relationship between God and man and empower you to fully partake of God's divine nature through Christ. Humans change. Civilizations change. Knowledge changes. Wisdom changes. Experience change. God does not change. Get your copies of The Father and His Household by Pastor Mesa Otabel. Available in seven-part audio series. Contact Alta Bookshop, Christ Temple, now on 233-302-688-000. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mesa Otabel, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensa Otterville. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.